new for 96 with your hosts Kevin McCauley and Chris Wynn. These mic sleeves or what do you I don't know what to call these covers COVID the catchers the COVID catchers they get real juicy sometimes from not just our takes but oh, you don't ring them out yeah after the, after the record <laughs> yeah no I don't I like to let it you know marinate mm-hmm. so much like we like to marinate on thoughts about cars god that was terrible i know i saw it coming i worked on that i'm gonna scratch that one out of my notebook here worked <laughs> on that one for hours uh-huh yeah uh welcome to another episode this, of, are, we, are we really starting with this i don't know all of this I, we started with much worse i don't know uh, i don't know if we have <laughs> maybe we're off to a really bad start. We're off to a horrible start. Yeah. Here. We're like, we're, this is one of those times we're going to cut out the first 10 minutes. So mm-hmm. we can't introduce the show until no, until we have an 10 hour minutes in. of good banter. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the, is that the rhythm that we do? Well, I mean, it'll take us 10 minutes of banter to get to something good. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we don't get there at all. We, Such is the case often enough. Yes. So, uh, which is where we may end up today. Mm-hmm. I have been watching a lot of shows. Oh, God. This <laughs> See, is you how you it. start every oh, show. Oh, my God. See, now I have to, now I have to start turn down. every show. You're like, oh, oh, I've been watching 56 episodes of 90210 a week. Yeah. Well, I'm off of... I haven't finished 90210. I even... I'm finding okay. it hard to finish all I'm 300 episodes. all of this hard to finish. But I, there's so many TV shows that take place in L.A. Uh-huh. And every show that takes place in L.A. has to have, like, an earthquake episode. Or two, and I'm watching two currently that are. <laughs> this is painful. It you're telling me one of them is no. like a really horrible show. Uh, it's uh, called La Brea. Have you heard of it? No. It's like new. It's on NBC. Like NBC uh, for dramas has been so off. I feel like there has not been anything like good. Maybe Law and Order is what about still Heroes. I don't care for that. Oh. Yeah. Wasn't that in like 2009? I think it was like, yeah, like 1986. <laughs> yes. Uh, and La Brea is just like one of these like formulaic dramas. Yeah. But mm. uh, the backdrop is of like a destroyed Peterson Museum. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I think I saw a tweet about this. You know, this could have been handled by the tweet. I did tweet about this. Yes. Oh, no. My tweet though, I didn't. Oh, it was your tweet that I saw. I, but my tweet I had nothing that. to do <laughs> with uh, the show. I just, I, I like took a gif or a still of like the destroyed Peterson where you could see that wavy pattern in the yes. background. Yeah. And it was about how I had to go number two there. Oh, and I said or... that they hadn't, <laughs> I see they hadn't cleaned up since the last time I was at the Peterson. <laughs> oh yeah. We should do an episode about that. Yeah. I gotta, say, I, I gotta say, I gotta say, every time I go to like a, uh, a a place with important cars nearby, I just get the urge. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, the tweet was better than whatever this is. Oh my god! Well, it, the tweet was better than the show, that's for sure. I, I watched like two episodes. I, I don't think I can continue with yeah. it. So, okay, it's back to HBO though. When I said we needed banter, yes. This is an is not... You asked for it. You opened the door. So uh, okay. Well, I think it's been long enough. Has it been long enough? Say what it is that we're that the people who are going to drop off have already dropped off. Oh, they don't they even should. know what this is going to be. Will get worse. Yeah. I I'm always telling people not to listen. Yeah. I'm, See, that's my guarantee. 
our listener right now, notice mm-hmm. singular, uh, is sitting on the edge of their seat waiting for us to say the words out of unison. Which words? <laughs> I'm not going to be the one to start it. <laughs> I honestly forget the words. What like not the night not the name, but don't we don't we say something <laughs> like you're listening to? <laughs> I thought you like I have forgotten the the title of our podcast yet again. <laughs> no, no, we have like That's a leading sentence. You are. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess you're listening to an episode another of of the new six <laughs> that is new for. <laughs> Uh, amazing okay yeah uh i'm so glad that we don't have our podcast transcribed like it would be like illegible i'm so glad that the live audience took the day off yeah yeah um uh since episode one so (laughs) we're expecting we're expecting them back anytime soon (laughs) yeah so anyways how are you i'm good yeah i'm good how are you uh i'm doing okay i feel like i haven't seen you in a while, which is a lie because I saw you on Friday. Yeah. 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 But before that, it had been days. That's right. I believe. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And you saw that I have a new doorbell. Okay. I can't. Kevin e- complains every time he comes over because my nest doorbell had melted basically <sighs> over time outside, which is funny because I've had like three different Wi-Fi doorbells or smart doorbells uh, over the last five years. And they've all broken. So I think the thing is, you're not supposed to use them outside. Mm-hmm. So if I mount it on the indoors, uh, then it has a better chance of lasting. Mm-hmm. So I've replaced it with like the same exact model. And hopefully this time you won't complain. Also, uh, I've been missing delivery. So uh, I don't know which one is the more important like, thing. We have like seven topics. Yes. This is the most inane. <laughs> this is important. This is not important. People need to know. They need to know. Okay, what's let's let's get into some substance. Oh my god! Yeah. All right. Which what are we starting with? Oh, I do I do have a note about uh, an Acura. You know, I made some comments about Acura a couple episodes ago. I took that note and I kicked it down several positions because. Yeah. Well, I I'm moving it back up. So so Brad, yes. friend of the pod, unwilling friend of the pod, mm-hmm. uh, and non listener, hopefully, um, for his sake and Mm -hmm, and ours mm -hmm. uh he told me in a previous episode i just talked about how a a cool strategy for acura would be if more of the cars had the hybrid technology from the nsx but for performance you know know, adding a performance hybrid element to these front wheel drive based sedans Mm -hmm. so you have this electrified rear drive excitement Mm -hmm. and he said he said you know the rlx hybrid their biggest sedan basically is what you describe it. You, it was, he says it's a lot of fun. He says it's really good. He says it, it uses the hybrid for that effect, bringing that NSX technology to a, mm-hmm. uh, a platform. We all have are forgotten in a, about are in accordance with. Yes. So, so that's it. So that's pretty it cool. Has so three should... electric motors. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. And it has S H A W D. Uh, super handling all-wheel the drive. Is that it? Yes. Super handling okay. all-wheel drive. Yeah. You know, Car and Driver gave it a five. Whoa. Out of? A ten. Oh, of course. That makes yes. sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, five. 
It's five. Nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Especially that during been, COVID. We didn't know. I didn't know that it could have been a five out of five. So we'll just, you know, <laughs> we'll, t- we'll, we'll cut leave that it out. to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's something, all right. It's it's something. I mean, it can't... costs $63,000. Okay. Which blows my mind. As tested? Uh, I don't know if that was as tested. Okay. Uh, I just know that's the base price. Okay. You should probably bring your facts. Maybe. For the first time ever? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fast. I know that much. I uh, here's the thing. Uh, the RLX suffers design-wise from like the like C-class syndrome, mm-hmm. which is that, uh, or S-class syndrome, which is that it looks like a bigified. It looks like the car was adapted from the most basest of models, of which the entire lineup is designed. Yes, like from yeah, and so. It just looks really ungainly. I drove one. I had a press car in 2013. It was not the hybrid. So they did a very... Is uh, it the same car f- from today? I don't know. Okay. Wait, let's look this up. Uh, yes. While you look that up... <laughs> uh, we could cut this out. No, we can't do that. They must know the truth about what goes on here. So Okay, 2014 to 2020. So it's not currently made. Um, and... It was the 2014 model year, so it's the same one. And when it first launched, yes, it was front wheel drive only, yes, um, which was bad. Yeah, it was very disappointing. That's um, bad. And they, the hybrid was coming, and it's like, well, we only have this one first, and it was, it was bad because, um, it was a, a very expensive front wheel drive near full size i guess like large mid-size luxury sedan it's supposed to be mid-size so yeah. like five series and yeah class competitor and like i remember being in downtown so you'd go over an intersection and when you go over like a crest you mm-hmm. know through an intersection you could feel the front wheel driveness and I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying in like i'm flooring it and mashing the ass like just you feel the wheel hop of yeah. just surface changes like that i was like i don't know if this is Here's I was like, the thing. If the thing costs like $35,000, which wouldn't make sense because they have other cars that cost that much, right. uh, then it seems like it would be a spectacular option because you do get a lot. Uh, yeah. And then you could even excuse the dual screen experience. Yeah. They still had, I guess, on the final in the final year of production. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks so terrible. Like, I did look up the interior. Yes. And that, like what is it called? Like the pressure sensitive touchscreen, not capacitive, like an iPhone, but like the pressure sensitive, like at an ATM. Yeah. Uh, Like that screen looks like what, like you install after like, you know, when like a manufacturer doesn't have double din anymore, you just, they just, you just have to cut out like a rectangle Mm -hmm. with a, a kit to install an aftermarket, like DVD navigation thing. That's what it looks like. Yeah. So that the car costs that much. Okay. Maybe. I didn't really want to spend this much time on well, it's it. It's too late. I you just really wanted to bring up the that it got five. Yeah. Well, it got five. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, Would a terrible combination... It This made me... For some reason, this car made me think of the QX80. Like, somewhere in this world, that is probably a garage, oh a two-car garage. Yeah. Like, someone has spent, like, over $100,000 on yeah. vehicles that are essentially like, the most forgettable cars oh on this God. earth. What would we call, like, the two-car suicide solution? (laughs) (laughs) That might be it. Yeah. That might be it. So. Yes. We've got a new segment. Mm -hmm. And this one, if it is terrible, it won't last that long. So let's experiment and see. It's called Hot Take, Quick Take. 
And we're How just How many gonna... of these are about TV shows? Uh, not many. <laughs> scratch, 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 scratch. All right, I have one question left then. All right. Yeah, okay. So I'm basically we're going to talk about something that is current in automotive news. And you'll have roughly 20 seconds to express an opinion okay. uh, about this thing. Or less if it's that... I mean, it's this is all hateful stuff. No, some of it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I may chime in. I'm not sure if this is going to be a two-way thing yet, but we'll see. All right. Okay. So, first news item. Yes. BMW introduced a color-changing iX. What do you think of that? I think it's a. I think it's a cool gimmick. Yeah. I don't know if I would ever want to. I would. I don't know if I'd ever want to utilize the color change like in public, but yeah. I think it would be cool to make selections but i think also it would be something that you would never use again like the how you can change the interior color dome lights on some cars yeah and you never do it again you set it once and forget i yeah. think it would be that i would use uh, it to... so i thought it was cool initially but now no sorry yeah no i unfortunately it's like built upon like a very hateful automobile so. yeah i was looking past that yeah but then what else but everything else is hateful in their lineup so yes. i don't know what else you would have put it on uh i would use it to uh hide swirl marks because eventually i'm sure that would be uh, an issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yaris Grimmin. I don't know a lot about it, but I support it. Okay. As do I. I only knew what it was by its name, that it would be some sort of like hot hatch thing. And I looked into it. It's super cool. Like it's a lightweight. Of course, we're not going to get it here, but right. uh, it's basically a lightweight uh, Yaris. So they take out... Yaris GR. Yeah. They take the Yaris GR and then G- it's the GRMN version that's yep. better, better, better. Yeah. And they offer like, uh, basically, you know, you can uh, uh, you can basically add like carbon fiber bits to it, like panels rather. So like roof, hood, uh, they delete the back seat. Uh, and I didn't read so far as into if there were engine changes, uh, but I think it's just essentially like lightweight. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. So that is Support cool. Support that. Yeah. All right. Tesla Cybertruck delayed again. Um, I mean, I don't really care. Wipe that shocked face I, off your <laughs> shocked look off your face. I don't really care, but like the the discourse around dunking on this is like just both ways. The discourse is just awful. Yeah, at this point, it's you terrible. can't make any jokes about it because it would just be really hackney. But yeah, uh, but this is just shouldn't be a surprise. Like, no. and I can't imagine, and I'm sure there are still people who are sitting there, still on the edge of their seat, waiting. Like, well, this is fine, but it's nearly here. So, yeah. Meanwhile, like other manufacturers have rolled out with, uh, like things you can buy now as yeah. far as like trucks go. Well, I mean the, but like I don't know trucks. I, I should d- say it's. I'm not defending the truck or anything, but I mean, it, it. the Model 3 looked like vaporware until they went out and made like a million of them. You know what yeah, I mean? The Model I've, 3 was kind of like at least considered and designed. Right. And we don't true. have to get into it. Yeah. But like this has been talked to uh, to death. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, this seems like an exercise in just proving people wrong rather than like producing a good product. That is true. So, uh, all right. Next topic the Supra is going to get a manual. Still going to be bad. Still going to be bad. We did talk about this before when we, uh, when you had the press car and Mm -hmm. we drove it around. And uh, the one thing we said that would make this not necessarily salvage the car, but make it better and, or at least introduce some sort of 
engagement would be a manual. We did say that. Yeah. I think it would help. I It'll, think it, I it think would it help. would help you it have some in, connection to the car, but yeah, it's it not going to turn, turn into, into a like a driver's car. car. Yeah. All right. Uh, final headline. There's a new SL. It's the AMG SL. Mm. What do you think? Uh, it's much better than the last one. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's fine. It's I feel like every three years there's like this is the first car that amg is producing yeah. at, you know what i mean it's like oh this and it's like haven't we done this like five times before <laughs> yes very much so uh and i like the way it looks i maybe it's just a badge issue for me though i like because the sl if they're trying to hark at heritage in any way it being like a sporty a sporty roadster of some kind yeah uh sporty yet luxurious roadster uh I don't know. Like, I feel like there's kind of a disconnect because it looks extremely aggressive and fast. And I mean, every Mercedes has to look extremely aggressive. <sighs> I know. And that's the thing is that I guess they already have other luxurious coupes that take the place. And the, convertibles. And convertibles. I mean, I know that SLs back in the day, there were like uh, fast variants of, but the majority of the lineup was, you know, they were soft. Uh, they weren't GTs. They were soft cruisers, I guess. So. Yeah. There's that disconnect, but otherwise it's kind of a standalone idea. It looks cool, so yeah. But as a 911 competitor, like uh, yeah, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. So and they already have the AMG GT for that, I would assume. So well, I mean, I think yeah, I don't know. I, I think they're just trying to attack all forms of it, but I think this is really to like yeah. fight the Carrera is like more usable and. The AMG GT is going after like the GT3 and the GTS and things like that, but yeah. I think this is a general 911 competitor. Is my take? Yeah, I could see that, uh, and I'm kind of curious if there will ever be a hardtop version, like an actual coupe of some kind. I guess that doesn't really make sense. I mean, the SL has always been a convertible, but maybe it's not really meant to be an SL in the classic well, sense. Maybe that's the big, dif- big, big disconnect or big separator between yeah. AMG GGT. I'm curious, and like the sizing of it. I didn't look to see if there were dimensions released, but uh, where it might slot in size wise. Uh, the with, last one seemed enormous. The last one seemed enormous, but mainly in the front. It had yeah. this huge bulbous like front end. Mm-hmm. I Now that one just seemed like a, filler exercise like we have to produce an sl yeah and let's just mix together current design language well it it was also the first aluminum one and it was like a very weird transitional time for the design language yeah where it does seem like yeah like to what you said like it was like the schedules didn't sync up it's like we don't have our new design language really baked but we have to make an sl and also we're using aluminum stamping and we don't really know how to stamp it yeah yeah (laughs) we have a lot of limitations yeah Exactly, and uh, so wait, this the new SL, uh, or like for brand standards, are we to are we supposed to refer to it as the AMG SL? I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. I don't. I really don't know. I'm not boned up on. I just wanted to use boned up uh, on <laughs> uh, what uh, new name nomenclature for Mercedes. Uh, I only know that you're supposed to use AMG first now. I only what? recently learned. I thought it was Mercedes-AMG for the ones that they produce. I think I'm like as a standalone like model. Like instead of Mercedes-Benz, it's Mercedes-AMG. Oh. I don't know. Now you're confusing me because I thought it was just like as a standalone model. Like like my car 
in its time would have been the E63 AMG. Mm-hmm. And then with the facelift, it flipped around and it's the AMG E63. Mm. But that's, I thought that was just like, if you refer to it, I hate <laughs> this. This is such, this <laughs> is so tedious. Don't trust the B in the E63. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of curious. Uh, so wait, so this is a soft top? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. It, I'm glad that we're returning to soft top, soft tops. And we've maybe talked about this before, but like, thank God we're over the, like the hard top craze, folding hard top craze, because there has never been like a good looking one. I mean, maybe there have been one or two, but um, like the really small ones where it's like a two seat car with like a, you're right. That like the like first the... one, the very first folding hard top was a good looking car. The original SLK. Yeah. Or, or I mean, a lot of the mid engine, like Ferraris and stuff that have it, mm. it's, it's good. Maybe because it just looks kind of like a coupe with that more segments in it. I guess so. Yeah. Um, like the Miata, like the NC uh, the Miata. Segments, the segments are what like kill it for me. The NC Miata. Mm, yeah, that, that was, was a good, a good one. one. Yeah, you're right. You you would think that size would like help with that, but the Z4 was not a good looking hardtop convertible. I mean, it was an ugly car. Yeah. Like I mean, it was it was that was an ugly generation. There was something that where like it just like it didn't look like the design the the top with the bottom together. <laughs> Yeah. It looked retrofitted. Yeah. And the worst award might go to, I mean, there were plenty of European market only vehicles that looked pretty terrible, mainly like the kind of economy compacts where they like, oh, just, the, like the car, like the sport car. Yeah. That was pretty good. That was good, I guess. But like there, there like was the like Peugeot's at least a thousand and, Peugeot's that I don't know. That yeah. Had. And those look terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, and like the C, the Volvo C70. Oh, that was good. I didn't like that. I liked the original one with the soft top, but I hated the uh, the one that was based off of the S40. The SL, like the turn of the century, like yeah. 2000 SL. The first one. No, like the 2000, the first SL with the hard oh, top. Oh, yeah. Hard top. I thought yeah, that yeah. was a really good looking car. Yeah. I thought it looked better with the top down always. And the AMG, or the uh, Black Series, because that one had a black, that was the one with the, that was the first Black Series. That was the first Black Series SL. SL. I mean, and yeah. It, yeah, it had like a fixed hard top. Yeah, and I thought that looked good. Okay. Um, it was okay. I just the segments always like kill it for me. Like I just I can't not see them mm. unless I guess the, it fits a dark color. But yeah, the original SLK. I mean, they designed it from the ground up to be like exactly that shape. So like those segments, those cut, those cuts always looked uh like they belong. Yeah, it, it was also so weird because it was. Like that was clearly like the first generation of that yeah. idea because like the way that the trunk was enormous and all these things. I thought it looked proportional. I think it's I think it's proportional. I think it looks good in like a novelty way. Yeah, but it, it is like the That's... whole car design is sort of revolves around this sure. roof yeah. working. And those are cars that have not like gained like a value following, I guess, like where they have not increased in value in any form or fashion. It always is alarming when there's a car where they made performance versions of it and people like steer clear of those. Yeah. Like if you're going to get one, get like the base the or, most the, or, the, or like, or, or the one up from base, like do not buy like the C32 or whatever. Or yeah. The, the SLK32 or whatever they offer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same with like TTs, I think. <laughs> yes. I mean, uh is there actually a model to not avoid oh that's true yeah i like i had this conversation uh with 
someone earlier with the about the TT and just like trying to find like because that first gen is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's just there's no like value justification for it. Like there's no there's no way that you'll enjoy the amount of money that you're putting into it that you like you'll you won't get it out basically. I feel like there's some cars where like if you put money in like to whatever level you'll get that level of enjoyment out of it. Otherwise you wouldn't be doing it, I guess. But don't you think it's relative? Like I, I, no matter how problematic it is, like it's no matter how annoying it might be, it seems like it's going to be like Mark for golf upkeep. I, I somehow I feel like it might be worse with certain like, Audi only electronics. I don't okay, know. Yeah, that is a very real problem. <laughs> yeah, and I could be very wrong. No, here. I mean, maybe like, that makes sense. Yeah, but, but the mean, engines like, are the same compared to like, you know, a a like it's like compared to a Boxster or something yeah. where it's like things could get very expensive very quickly. It seems like with an Audi that is very rooted in Volkswagen so parts. That's it, the question. Is it like w- at some point in time, like you know, if you have to put, I don't know how much you would put into it annually to keep it up, but. At some point, you move into like a different class of car, almost where you might as well just buy a different car for the same amount of money that you'd be putting in. But we're just with speculating on the problems. Like I'm saying, maybe for the type of person that just buys it as a cheap, fun car, it's problematic. But for compared to the problems we're used to, a TT well, is a breeze. I guess that's true too. That could be very, very true. Uh, with the Boxster, uh, it might be almost worth it. Uh, I mean, like the worst thing, the worst thing that could happen is the engine blows up. Yeah. Yeah. So, but beyond no, that, I mean, and I think most it's people a unique have good driving experience. And I'm not, I'm not knocking the Boxster. I'm just saying yeah. like maybe our threshold for what is pain is, is higher than many people. And maybe for us, a TT is like, it's not that bad. Like, yeah. I can't think it's that bad. I don't know. And I'm not knocking a Boxster, but Volkswagen I mean, there's potential has... for a Boxster to have incur expense Volkswagen just has a a way of just like really escalating that (laughs) like oh you think like it's not that bad well let me introduce you to like the W8 or like the V10 but we're not talking about that we're talking about a Mark IV Golf with a beautiful body yeah I don't know I remember I mean this is again it is probably relative but like years and years ago when I was thinking about getting a GTI uh, this coming from from the protege actually so right after college like i was looking at like post-college mark cars. Five. uh that would have been probably mark, mark five, five yeah. yeah here's the thing though i do like that the pain threshold um increases though with the more problematic the car because uh after the e63 the pool and we don't have to get into it now although we can mm. you roll your eyes every time but yeah. Because it's already time. It's not already time. I'm going to keep the E63 for a while. Asterisk. Probably. Okay. Uh, But I have been like eyeballing other things. And it's all relative because there are certain things that are extremely annoying with this car that could go wrong. And so I'll escalate that. And I wonder if like, like a Cayenne GTS. I mean, how bad could that be? The forums say a lot. But... (laughs) Um, it's all relative, so I don't know. But the pain threshold, I like years ago. If you'd ever said I would consider like a Cayenne of any kind, like I would have, right. I would have, I would have called you a fool, right, uh, for thinking that I would consider such a thing. But now it doesn't seem so bad. So there you go. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, so speaking of uh, problematic cars, yes. uh, you jotted down and double underlined the Defender V8. Yes. Well, so we were talking about this offline a couple weeks ago, 
over a whisk. And you were kind of incredulous mm-hmm. that the defender, so a defender, like say you take the short, short wheel base defender, like the base one is like $52,000. Yeah. And the V8 starts at $104,000. Yes. And like, yeah, it might, it has like beefier brakes and stuff, but it's not, they didn't, it, they didn't fully go through it and change everything. You're, yeah. you're getting like 95% of the same car yeah. aside from the engine. Yeah. Um, and this didn't seem that crazy to me. But it was you were very upset about that. Not upset. I'm just I'm giving you a hard time. But th- this is this is like the the V8 is not just a engine upgrade like a GS300 versus a GS400 in, sure. in uh, very topical 23 year old Lexus right. references. Um, it's it is like the prestige thing where it's like this is the AMG like the AMG G wagon right type of thing. Um, and that's. And, Okay. Well, and but I mean, you made a point that was good that like, you know, this seems like the least variation from it, from from the normal one to the prestige model. Like they changed the engine. It even has the same like very bad wheels. Yeah. Um. So it's it, you were trying to think of like, are there other things where it's this similar? Where it's like, I mean, this is like I would. It all seems normal to me. Yeah. Because I just see this as like this is the fuck you money version. This yeah. is just like I have to have the best one, and the price is like clearly not what it costs, but what it. The you're paying for the exclusivity. Asterisk to that is that. The Defender, I feel like, while it's not necessarily niche, it is lesser known, I guess. And so AMG is like part vanity. Like the badge is now, you buy it partly for the badge, I suppose, like a brand new one. And the I quad didn't know exhaust. There was any other reason. Yeah, well. And with the Defender V8, you do get a V8 badge and you get quad exhaust. But mm-hmm. that is it visually. It's not any wider. It doesn't like. Yeah. There's just no visual cues, I guess, that you've gone and spent a lot of money right. uh, on a car with compromises, but uh, we don't have to go into those again. So it it's curious. I mean, in many, many years when they have depreciated and after we're out of this like weird used car market, uh, they could be a cool buy if they're not like terrible mm-hmm. uh, to own. I mean, relatively speaking. So... Yeah, they didn't. It didn't make sense to me. Uh, and the inline six is really good. So the V eight, if it's not for, if it's not for showing off, then I'm not sure what it is for. Yeah. So it should be more showy or yeah. something. And, and, it, and I and I tried to come up with other, other examples where there was a price differential like this. And you look at like the five series versus the M five, but it's like they've re-engineered that car yeah. completely. Whereas this it's is wider. This and... is is just not very different it's not very different it really is just like just give me the most expensive one yeah in the dealership and then that's what i mean you have to order them but uh otherwise and they're not for you know it's not for like off-roading yeah uh because it, they're all specced with like enormous wheels with low profile tires they're so. a bad wheel design like all of the defender wheels they're yeah. all very bad they're all very bad um so i did think of something that is comparable okay not current yes and of course it's porsche related mm-hmm. um I was listening to the Smith and Sniff podcast mm-hmm. uh, last week. They were talking about like the slant nose nine thirty was a thir- it was a thirty thousand pound option wow. over the nine thirty. Wow! Like it was just it was just gratuitous. Just fuck you. Yeah. This is how much it costs, and you're paying for the fenders. Like it was not there was no other change. It was yeah. just it was just like the most expensive one. It was. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to 
explain it or justify or convince the listeners or you of why it was worth it or justified or why it's cool because of this. Yeah. Just I'm just repeating the facts as they were stated, which yeah. I have heard this and it, it refreshed, it jogged my memory to hear this. And I was thinking like, that is kind of the same. And then it, I went down this train of thought of um, thinking about the slant nose. So I'm off the defender now. That yeah. was just connecting the two. Yes. Um, but the slant nose 930 is, is so interesting because I am like my whole life I've always seen the slant nose as like very dorky looking. Yeah. And I I would get, agree it's not like, the most attractive vehicle. Like I get I get the reference to the race cars. I think the 935 yeah. is is one of the coolest looking cars, but it doesn't look like a 935. It's too short. It's too short, it's yeah. too skinny. It's it's um it's just different. And then the and then the pop-up headlights, yeah. you know, break that that you know, unbroken yeah. front. It just, it doesn't work. It's just very, but it's very odd. That would have been so extreme and opulent looking. Like, I think opulent would be the right word because it's a sports car, but it, it's so opulent because like it's, you, someone had to have spent a tremendous amount of money to get what was already an expensive car yes. uh, and exclusive and make it even more exclusive. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and so it's hard for me to even like, understand like i think that is a true generation divide yeah. where if you lived through that era and you knew about that like you you even if you hated it like you couldn't help but think it's cool or impressive if you knew yeah. like how much it cost or you knew how exclusive it was or if you were um very aware in the culture that was a in a culture that was aware of how special and niche and upmarket this one specific car was yeah. whereas like we didn't grow up in that so you just see it as like the bad ripoffs and this is the dorkiest one yeah like and, and i don't hate it and i don't think it's dorky i just but just compared to a 930 i just i don't like it as much i would agree yeah i do like i've always thought it was exotic looking even if nothing else and even thinking that before i was really familiar familiar with g models in general like I remember seeing pictures, or I even seeing one in the street here in Houston. And there's a lot of conversions and stuff. That's and the thing. I didn't know if it was a yeah. real one, but uh, I do remember thinking this is really exotic. Like yeah. if it's a real one, yeah. Uh, and not thinking that it was attractive looking necessarily, but mm -hmm. uh, it was special. So um, there is that. But beyond that, yeah, I I I would agree with you. Yeah. So it's just it's like it's hard for me to wrap my head around how cool it must have been yeah. in like 1986 to have that car and yeah. for me to like just not it just goes over my head yeah yeah um uh, so that was that was that yeah that was definitely of era as far as like someone i'm sure there was a time where like you would look at that like if we were living in that era as adults uh we probably would have looked at that as like such a cool and attractive absolutely. thing absolutely because everything like i mean because the 911 was old then uh yeah. as far as the design went and everything else was just like sloped and wedgy, and mm -hmm. this was like merging like a Ferrari wedge with uh, a 911. Even though uh, it was inspired more by the race cars than by its competitors, I suppose. But yeah, it, we would I think we would have had different eyes. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I, I think if we were five to ten years older, we would see it completely different, which I think is fascinating. It's yeah. hard to recreate that. Yeah, you know, the that wonder. Moment. Yeah, the wonder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've seen too much. <laughs> we know too much. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, which no one has ever said of us ever. So, so should we do the annual 
New for 96 Awards. Yes. First ever. <laughs> first ever annual 90, New for 96 Awards it is. Uh, for 2021. We're recording this in March we, yes, 2022. This in, yeah. Um, so we... I devised, we devised mm-hmm. uh, a, a few categories, nothing formal, um, well, aside from these envelopes that I've prepared, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. of just, you know, our best and worst of the past year. It yes. was uh, just as it relates to us, of course, yeah. not the larger world of cars, just us specifically, our things we did. Yes. <laughs> um, so... What were those categories, and what what do we think? Car of the year. Car of the year. What was the most memorable car that you drove all this year? Oh, can we skip this one? No. All right. You wrote these questions. Did I? I'm holding you to them. All right. Um, Pick N. The most memorable car of the year was that 997 GT3 that I talked about on the last pod. Like That was just the most amazing... Yeah, uh, just it, it it combines like the specialness of the nine nine six GT three with the like pointiness of yeah. the nine nine one. It's it feel, but it's lighter the size and and it's got the cool tail. Like, yeah, it's just it was it was perfect for me. I think I'm gonna go in the opposite direction mm-hmm. and say that one of my favorite cars I've driven this year or last year was the Lancia Fulvia. Oh, yeah. Our friend Tom's uh, blue yes. Lancia Fulvia. And there was not a car that I got in and like immediately just fell in love with it before I even turned it on. Yeah. Because other cars, like even fast cars or other cars that I would just like admire from afar, when I finally would drive it, I would still kind of have to figure it out and feel for it and grow to like or grow to learn why it's supposed to be good in this car it didn't need to necessarily be like good it was so charming yeah and it was good to drive like in a very slow car fast way well, it was dog leg so for you to say too. that you didn't have to really figure it out or anything you have to figure it out a little bit yeah well i mean but i mean it kind of just you suck it in a gear and yeah. went and, and just put your foot down. And you and just it, it rev just it out. Went. Yeah. And like you weren't, you were not keeping up with traffic, but like it just, it like put us, you couldn't, at the time you couldn't tell because I had a mask on my face, but uh, yeah, it like, it was just so charming. I like immediately got why this car was good. Yeah. And we'd only driven it like a block at that point. Yes. But yeah, so that's my pick. Okay. Um, I think I put the drive of the year. Yes. Um, so I, I think the, I think the 718 on Angela's crest, like it's hard to beat that yeah. road and that car was a really good chassis yeah. and, and we enjoyed it. Um, that was pretty hard to beat. Um, uh, just like a nice reminder of those amazing roads. Yeah. Um, and but also good. Lime Creek road in my 911 was, was yeah. nice. That was, that was a lot of fun. I did not join you on that one. I'd have to agree with the Angela's Crest drive just because it was also the first post, not post pandemic, but it was when we finally like got out of the city. We'd left the city before that, I guess, but this was, I don't know. It felt like the most far removed from like all the woes of years past year, years Mm -hmm. past, uh, a couple of years past. And it was just like, 
it was nice. It was really invigorating. I don't know how to like take those roads in a car like that too. Like that was a really good car for that particular like section of road. Yeah. So that'll be that's also my pick. Wow. All right. Well. SUV truck of the year. Um, truck of the year. I'm gonna say M3 Brew. Okay. Wow. <laughs> really pushing the definition of truck. Yeah. Well, it traveled off-road more than most f-150s in the city of houston wow uh okay my truck of the year uh my 100 series okay next God damn it sedan of the year um the polestar mm. okay yeah yeah polestar was good Ooh, i have to ruminate about that because i didn't actually think about what sedans i have driven this year yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Sedans are... This is why sedans are going away. We don't remember... We can include wagons in there. Yeah. Well, I've only driven my wagon this year, I think. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, since the Polestar is the only one I can remember, I'll say the Polestar as well. Wow. I know. Uh, did we have worst? What other awards were on? Oh, wait. What? So, okay. I'm looking at my notes and not... Uh, sorry. Dear God. All right. Worst car truck of the year. Mm. Okay. Worst car or truck of the year. Good cue. You go first. Uh, I'm going to say your 100 series. Wow. I knew you were going to say that. Even though it took us... It saved our lives. I know. I actually, I, I gotta say, it's that Corolla Apex. Wow. The okay. Actually, I would believe so you. The ride was so bad, and yeah. I like the normal Corolla. Yeah. Uh. Okay. I would believe you on that, just because that seems to be the, also what every, the, basically everyone's in total agreement about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say, with, actually, not much nuance needed. It might be the Supra. That was I mean, that was up there for because me because I really I was not hoping to like it then, but when it was released, oh, much yeah. like everyone else, oh yeah, I had such high hopes for it, and I like wanted to. I was waiting to fall in love with it, and then people started opining about it, and then I got to drive it myself, and I gotta say, it lives up to the whatever the opposite of hype is. Yes. So yeah. Unfortunately, uh, yes. could not love that. Oh, you know what? I'm going to rewind the tape a little bit. Sedan of the year. Uh, I'm going to give this to my, my now long gone Toyota Celsius. Oh yeah. So in memory of my Celsius, I yes. will rate that. RIP. Uh, and yeah. And also we did drive. Oh, did we drive Tom's W140? No. We did not. We rode in it. Yes. Okay. So that doesn't count. No. All right. So it goes to myself here. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. Sticking to the rules here. Mm-hmm. All right. And shall we say this in unison? Worst, Worst pod- podcast co host of, of the year. year. I'm going to say you. you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Better and worse than I, I know. hoped it would wow. be. We really. Also, just redlined the audio on that oh. one. So. <laughs> Dear God. Um, so speaking of cars, yes, cars that you we say? driven. Um, we drove. Uh, Tom Tom let us drive his GT3, yeah, nine nine six nine nine six. And we recorded a little bit of audio, which you can hear now. 
Should we play it now? Oh, are you actually going to play it? <laughs> no, I'm not going to insert we'll, it. We'll insert it. Okay, so we're recording. So we are in a 996 GT3. Chris is driving a GT3 for the first time. It is true. Yeah. Honestly, I couldn't pick a better GT3 uh, to start with. Eh, debatable. I want to go. I'm going to move up the ladder. As someone who has sampled all of them, yes. I have wow. initially the first one I Brag drove. Much? The f- <laughs> uh, I'm not saying I've lost count because I do keep a log. Okay. Anyway, he actually does. He has a spreadsheet. <laughs> yes. I could post it. Um, so we are in a 2004 911 GT3 Arctic Silver. Over yes. Black. What do you think? Uh, well, I've only just started rolling, so yes. uh, clutch is heavy, but in a nice way. Uh, shifter is actually. That's decent. It feels like a normal 996, actually, shifter. Uh, but I haven't really gotten... haven't moved it much. Sounds good. Sounds good. It's very gruff. It's weird, but it kind of transforms the interior. I'm like pro this modification, even on just like C2s. Yeah, it's nice because it's like a nice, like well-finished carpet behind there. Yeah. Like just sort of like a truncated tunnel carpet situation. It is neat though, like just seeing the wing in the back and the roll bar, like, because everything feels familiar in 996, but like with just these slight differences. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've driven a 996 also. So this is the one to drive. Yeah. But so far I'm noticing even at low speed, like there's just a little bit of drama, which is kind of nice. Versus like in a C2, where you really have, kind of have to get moving before. I feel that this car is is really like kind of gruff and grumpy at low RPM. Like yeah. it's, it's really, it is, yeah. it's, it's like kind of manic. Like it kind of gives it this race car thing, which the 997 GT3 isn't really like that. No. Yeah, it's, it's like nice and smooth for city driving, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, this I noticed like when you're just getting off with the clutch. Um, the like, the pedals are so it. stiff too. Like it's yeah. hard to be, it's hard to be, it, it's hard, it doesn't feel natural almost how stiff the gas is. Yeah, it is also like, not that we can turn because we're in Houston, but um, it is like insane. Like these tires are so much stickier than whatever would have come on it. Cause like, yeah. these are like PS4s or something. Yeah. Um, so it's you feel the adhesion like the front the front is really the front end moved and turns really nice but you can feel how sticky the tires are yeah it's also surprisingly easy to drive like clutch feels really nice i can get off the line without uh over revving or slipping the clutch much to get it going the 996 is pretty in a different way from almost any other 911 especially GT3, it's just so long and sleek and like pointed at the ends, like yeah. pinched at the ends, and a really and it's it's a cool look. Yeah, it's very like sleek and slim in a way that cars aren't like today. Uh, the steering is really nice. 
lot of character. Yeah. So does it live up to the hype of the uh, GT3? This first iteration, well, second iteration since the dot two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it feels special. I'll, I'll say that. I mean, like, I'm only going legal street speeds at the moment. Uh, took it on a slight bit of curvy road just then. Uh, so I'm just kind of getting a hint of what the car can do. But it immediately feels special. Like, it gives you, like, so much character. Like, the engine sounds, the inputs, like, just everything. But just even on the road, yeah, the feedback is so much different from a 996C2, just in that it's just less isolated, which makes sense. It, this really feels like kind of the bridge between like a modern 911 and an air-cooled. Yes. Which is why just in general I think the 996 is starting to be looked at as a modern classic. Well, we will continue this discussion on new in the studio new <laughs> on this episode of New for 996. <laughs> I was about to do my fake reaction like we had just listened to it. Let's do that. Okay. But include this also. We'll also include <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, Kevin. Uh, uh, I yeah. actually don't remember what I said. Uh, I don't either. Because it's really hard to drive and talk. So I'm... It's a I hard have, thing to do. I applaud people who I do know. that professionally. It's, it's really hard. Because <laughs> uh, you were asking me questions mm -hmm. along the way, as you all just heard. And as I'm like zipping through busy city streets uh, at legal speed yeah. limits, of course, uh, I was slightly trying to give opinions about the experiences that I was having at the moment. And I guess I'll reflect on them now. Please. Yeah. Uh, I thought the car was good. And here's the thing. Yeah, I had like going into it, I was already excited to drive it. And it was the first GT3 that I had driven. And I covered that. Oh, yes. That's right. You did cover that. <laughs> I did point that out I'm recapping times. here. <laughs> So, I think I also gave a countdown of how many GT3s I have driven. I probably, it's yeah, probably on the all tape. all right, whatever. Anyways, uh, but this would have been, like, this honestly, I'm, I was excited to drive this in particular. It was the first GT3 that we got here in the United States. Yes. And there's just something very different about this one, and obviously not comparing by experience, which you can do. Like, it was unique in a way because it was not, like, as hardcore as GT3s to come. Yes, yeah. And, uh, I mean, it was... It, this is also probably just a product of it being a 996, and it felt familiar in a way, but it was more direct, and it just felt... It had an analogness about, the, about it that was just really refreshing. Mm -hmm. And, again, it's probably because, like, it's been a while since I've driven, like, that kind of transitional type of vehicle like i mean it was coming from like it basically just that model in particular it was a nice analog slash modern car transition so 
uh, I don't know. It was, it seemed, and Tom described it this way as well, and it was really easy to extrapolate the same thing, was that it's easy to drive it in the city, surprisingly, and to have fun and not, like, exceed the law too much. Yeah. So it was interesting. I mean, it was a very short, like, 10-ish minute drive. Yeah. But from that... On the I finest d- roads, Houston has to offer, which is roads, say, terrible. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, but it was, I thought it was surprisingly compliant for... It's very compliant, yeah. For, like, a car that's set up as it is. So, and, you know, I don't know if my mind would change with more time spent with it, but I liked it. It was an interesting drive. So, interesting car. Mm-hmm. What were your takes? You've driven a couple. Why don't you... <laughs> List them again as you've done I will not five do or six times to me. I, I will put that in the notes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> five or six times to you. Um, yeah, like the GT3. So I I first drove one um, years ago. It and it blew my mind um, because it was just the the throttle, like how hard you have to push the throttle, like how sprung it seems, mm-hmm. like how precise that seems when you get on it in third gear or something like you feel you can see the nose like lift with the power uh it's just it's so raw in in ways that oh you know there's like a a simulated there's almost like a simulated rawness in newer ones but this one is like it is this it's rowdy very car that is vibrating yeah it's very vibrating there's a lot of like in a good way engine heat shielding noise and stuff like that and and uh, And i was see and that's the thing we were we were talking discussing that uh whether that was like an intentional part of the experience or like if there was like a loose piece of heat shield somewhere but uh that's just it though like the engine sounds are just so much more present Mm -hmm. uh and that's probably due to I'm sure there's like less insulation and uh, engine sound padding and whatnot, but like the engine is just like it feels so much more right behind you than in like a regular 996. Well, and it's and the engine is, I mean, I've not felt like that in another modern 911. Yeah, where it feels like an air cooled where it's this like temperamental thing. Like yeah. it does not want to do certain things. Like it's really grumpy. It's low RPMs. And when you start it, when it's cold, yeah. when you start it cold, it's like very loud Yeah. for the first like minute and a half. And yeah. then it calms down. It's so weird. Like, it's like, this is not like a modern engine. It's, it's, I just think, yeah. I think that's really fascinating. It is like it, it came off of the race car transporter. Yeah. And they put a number plate on it. And that's it. what's cool about it. It's um, like, that's just that, like, I can't describe it in any other way that, other than that. Like, it seems like a transition from, like, the air cools to, like, the modern cars. And I, like, taking 996 out of, like, the modern equation, it's just kind of like, it's a little bit classic and it's a little bit modern, but it's mm-hmm. not quite one or the other. It's interesting because you look at how the newer models got racier, more precise, more, like, sharper steering rack more precise, like, you know, less sound insulation, things like that. But this one is racier in these ways where it feels very, very raw in yeah. some ways. And I, I find that interesting. It's yeah. like, it, it is softer. It doesn't have the like razor, razor sharp turn in like later ones, Yeah, but it is racier in that this engine is so rowdy yeah. and, and it just seems like unhappy to yeah. be doing certain things <laughs> you know driving at 25 rpm 100 rpm or something yeah yeah and i'm curious too because this one has no driver aid so no traction no tcs of any sort and i'm so i assume like taking this on a track 
at speed. Like you really have to work for it. Uh, and I'm Tom is not taking this one to the track yet, right? No, I don't think so. So I'm curious, like if he, if and when he does, uh, what, like, like if it would be like a more rewarding experience in a way, just because you can't go as fast as like, I mean, he has a 992 GT3 yeah, and that's just, you know, it's a, it's a spaceship. It is just out of this world. Mm-hmm. And compared to that, like working this one on a track, I wonder if like it would be more rewarding in a way or less. I don't know. So, I mean, I lean towards, it seems like it would be more rewarding. Well, when your brain is used to, Nine nine one and nine nine two speeds. If this is like slow car fast, yeah. I, I wonder. I really don't know. I don't know because like the thing is that like I don't know if the fear basically is mm-hmm. rewarding or not because like you're the only thing that like can save you uh, yeah. when you're going. If you're really like going at it, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Anyways, I liked it. It was an interesting experience. I mean, it was it was, it was a very different experience. So I will say, cool car, cool car, cool car, good car. Yeah, yeah. So you are about to embark on another road trip. Yeah. TFTI, yeah. by the way. Well, Daniel Sloan and I are going to drive in the M3 Brew. Yeah. Back he to Portland. Just driven down here from Portland. Yes. So Portland to Texas. So, He's in Austin right now. Yeah. So okay. we're going to leave this week. We're going to turn. He's going to turn right around and drive back to Portland. Yep. We're going to go... Um, we're gonna to go to Big Bend and uh, a couple of places along the way. Yeah, I, I, the first road trip we ever did um, in the convertible was we went to like Death Valley and then up the eastern side of California, and yeah. I think that was like the most beautiful place I've ever been, probably. Yeah, um, that eastern side of the Sierras, and so I really wanted to go back there. So hopefully the roads are open and not snowed in and everything, and we can make this happen but, but you have the car for it well we do should yeah it snow sh- should it snow yes. yeah and if uh listeners need a refresher on what the m3 baru is oh yes uh there is a video on kevin's youtube yes uh about daniel sloan's uh e46 m3 converted wagon all-wheel drive all-wheel drive xi yes yeah and it's pretty cool good video Oh, thank you. Did it do well on the YouTubes? Yeah, people liked it. Yeah, people liked it. I down liked it, but just to keep, <laughs> just to really keep your head in check. Uh, so. I appreciate that. Yeah, of always course. looking out for me. All right, so I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking in horror. I just looked up one of the cars. We're supposed to look at it together. So we can well, look at in uh, horror together. All right, fine, fine, fine. Uh, <laughs> so what are we doing? This is Fuke Mary Kill, where we. Pick a car yeah. for each other. Fuke, Mary, Kill, uh, 1987, 87. where we pick three cars for each other that came out in 1987, and... It's for Drive Once, mm-hmm. Daily It, the F, which is Mary, yes, is to daily drive M. it, and Kill is to send it to the Crusher. The K, if you will. If you will. Yeah. Uh, and we and shall. All right, so why don't we go through the list, the entire list first? Sure. Okay, so the Alpha One Six Four. Yep. Uh, was fine. It was like all over Europe and here, I guess. It was here for like a brief period. But the of time. racing. No, it had that a sexy V six, and the racing version was insane. 
Yeah, here's the thing. Like, it had a really cool interior. I think, though, this is one of those like cars that was like used as a taxi everywhere else. <laughs> I was going to say best remembered. <laughs> yeah, best remembered, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. next car, Alpina B3. That's B3. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, E34 came out. We all know I love those. In 87, maybe in Europe. I think it was yeah. 88 here. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Don't know what the... Bo- <laughs> Bo- Bose Eurostar B-O-H-S-E We're not going to click on that Because it's I not going to I think we've spent enough right, time on it We have on to it. click Oh, there's, there's no picture image Because Please tell me it was an Eastern European thing Because it sounds like it It was a German car produced by Bose Automobilau And the Eurostar is probably not related to the Eurostar <laughs> Aha Boy, that's something. It's like a Baja, <laughs> but if it was worse. It looks like a, um, God, what's the like Italian SUV? The Lada? No, the... Because it's based off of a Lada, okay. which is not Italian. No, I know. The, what's the Italian SUV that had like a Ford motor? That's next to your parking, your your oh, unit. Uh, oh, dear. La Forza. It was a La Forza. It yeah. looks like a La Forza golf cart. It, it does looks look like, like a golf cart was styled to look like it a does look like that. It has okay, so it's open door. It's open door. It's open door with a truck bed. Yeah, and you're just going to have to Google this for yourselves, as this is a radio medium. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good bit. Good bit. Uh. All right. Okay. The Cadillac Brawl. <laughs> uh. And this was oh, this oh, was yep. still during the big years. That's that's it. Oh no, I guess this was as seen in Goodfellas when yeah. people died in it. The Chevy, the Chevy Beretta. Yep. Which, like, I really thought it was a. Uh, wait, was this actually named after the gun? I, I'm I thought not that was the lore. No. I'm not saying no. Uh, okay, the Chevy Corsica was that. That was like the. Was it the sporty Beretta? Rom- no, it was the four door. I'm pretty sure. Was the Breda a coupe? Yeah, the Breda was a coupe. Oh, God. Yeah, so this was the Corsica. Basically, this was like the... Uh, Grand Am. Yeah, I think it was part of the Grand Am. This was the Beretta. Look at that. Okay, so it was a Corsica coupe. Yes. <laughs> it was, okay. I'm sure it was based on the same platform. Z26. Z26. Wow. This was sought after. It was may it? still be on Bring a Trailer. Hmm. You really uh, will need a trailer. I know, but the normal one was very dumpy. Less good. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, if that's the GT, what the hell was the sought after one? Uh, the Z26. Oh right. Yeah. I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Dacia 1320. Mm. Eh, Dodge Dynasty, probably Ooh. forgettable. Yeah. Eagle Medallion. Okay, I've told this bit on here, but yes. I'm going to talk about Eagles for a second because yes. when I was a kid. All I knew was the Eagle Talon and the Eagle Vision. And so I really thought that all Eagle cars had to have names of attributes of Eagles. Yeah. And I was very disappointed when they had other names that were non... Like the Eagle Eagle AMC Pacer? Yeah. 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 Uh, Well, I would have believed it otherwise. Oh, this is also known as the Renault Medallion. Man, can you imagine, like, being in Europe and having all of those cool cars over there and this being like the exotic import. Oh yeah. Yep. This looks terrible. You know, like the Dodge Intrepid was still like based on this. Jesus, like the really? Dodge Intrepid was like a radical design. It was still related to that in the premiere. The, um, I the... remember this was, in, um, this was intrigue, not intrigue, intrepid. This was the also, no, the premiere was the intrepid. Was it? Yeah. 
Oh, not that. Not well, because the because the, the Eagle premiere, like or one of whatever the Intrepid was based on, was like the Renault underpinning leftovers from yeah. AMC and stuff. Wow. Okay. Wait. I thought the premiere was the maybe it was the Vision. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, do you, it doesn't matter. But do you know the the uh, well the Vision the, there there was an Intrepid that was premiere related. Like there yeah, was a, there, that's but, the one I'm thinking okay, I'm talking about. I remember these, that one. One of these was like like the the Intrepid got these underpinnings. Like the Intrepid was had a I lot of Intrepid would have been stuff. the would have been like the source, the fountainhead of all of these terrible cars. It no, like the these were the fountainhead because uh. the Intrepid was not as all new cab forward as you may have oh. been led to believe. With auto stick? And then also yes. in uh the you know, the three hundred M was supposed to be an Eagle. No, really? Absolutely. Wow. It was supposed to be an Eagle, and then the brand was killed right before. And so they're like, oh, oh and that's why the Chrysler lineup had, like, these three giant sedans that all overlapped and were the same. I'm not going to lie. I, as a kid, I even wondered why, like, the LHS and the 300M and what was the other one? L, the you LHS, said LHS. Yeah. Concord. Concord. Yeah. yeah. They were all the same size. I was pretty jazzed about those. Yeah, so at a, as a, at a rental counter, <laughs> what is the upgrade? <laughs> they're all the same. Hard to say. Bonneville. Right. Ooh, the Ferrari F40. Oh, that's too good for us to pick. I know. So fourth gen Civic. That's probably the EG that we were talking about with yeah. the fold down hatch. Yeah. No, it is not. Oh no, wait. No, uh, hang on. This is the Wikipedia one. It always shows the oldest. Or no, something. it's a fourth gen. Oh, it it's is. Wikipedia oh yeah, you're right. Oh yeah. So this was the. It was the boxy one. So this is right before. Right before. This is very roundy. CRX looking. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Kia Concord. I don't think we got that, did we? We were just talking about the Concorde. We were. I don't think we no. got this one. We could be wrong, but it does not matter. Kia Pride. I think the, the Sophia was the first U.S. Kia. Mm. That might be true. The Kia Pride. That looks like an Aspire. It does look like an Aspire. <laughs> uh, I have a GIF of the Kia Pride, actually, for some reason. I have like a, my folder of GIFs. I have many things uh, that, for all occasions. Okay, the Mazda... Etude, no, it's just etude. You have to say it like that. <laughs> okay. We've never seen this before. We have to explain this and we'll post it, I think, on the Instagram, maybe Twitter. Um, so the Wikipedia entry for the <laughs> Mazda Etude, because it has an accent de goût, uh, is... A junkyard photo if it on blocks with the hood up. So that is the that is the flagship photo of the Mazda Etude. We don't know what this is. Oh, this belonged to the three two three. It was like the hatchback. It was like the four door hatchback. I don't even know. Most of the car is blocked by the hood being up in the photo. Ah, uh, okay. It was somehow three two three related. Um, then we got the MX six, the first gen. Yep. Mercury Tracer. Wow. Mercury okay. Mercury Scorpio. How is the Mercury Tracer? A, oh, so this was introduced. I was gonna say why wasn't the Ford Escort mentioned? But I guess this was. This is probably a year when, lag. Yeah. Same way there's or, not a Ford Pro. This was the first Mercury Tracer. So this is the first time they rebranded the Escort oh. as a Mercury. Yes. And well, I'm gonna assume. I don't know when the probe was. Did the MX Six predate the probe? It it might have. It might have. So does that mean that it's more Mazda than it well, is? Well, that's showing the second gen. But yeah, Four it babe? is more Mazda. I guess so. 
Okay. Um, then we have the Merkur, Scorpio, German branded Ford. Yeah, this okay. was the this was the Merkur that we got here. This was the um, Capri, the wasn't Alpha it? Alpha one sixty four of its day. Yeah. Uh, this was the Capri, I thought. Oh no! This was the Scorpio. It was literally the Scorp- Ford Scorpio. No, the other one was the Capri. <laughs> we we're very well versed on yeah. those 1987 Fords yeah. and Mercurs. The Nissan B1, super cool car. This was the retro-styled uh, hatchback. Oh yeah, yeah. Which Nissan was on such a good roll back then with their like um, retro-styled cars. Yeah. And I forget the designer's name, but he did like several things. Um. It does say here somewhere. And he did, like, he was also, he was an industrial designer who designed furniture, I believe. Uh, but Pike, it, Pike cars. Yeah, that was the design studio. Bill Patton. Yeah, so that was a design studio that designed, like, the Figaro and the other kind of retro-styled car, styled cars. Huh. Oldsmobile Touring Sedan. That doesn't it's like f- they forgot to name it. They forgot to. <laughs> it's literally called the Oldsmobile, Oldsmobile Touring Sedan. It's not the 88. It's not the... It could have been the 88. This was 87, though. It wasn't the 87? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever else they had? Oh, wait. It was also called the 98. Ugh. This is exhausting. Yeah. Kevin has been on, like, a tear about, like, the old's 88 for some reason. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> okay. The Peugeot 405, which was, like, the iconic... No, it wasn't. No, this is the... Nope, we did not get this. Um... Roof CTR. Good car. familiar. Shelby CSX, Shelby GLHS. Don't know what those are. I know. knew someone in high school that had a Shelby. I think it was this one. Oh, uh, yeah. Wait. Right. These. No, it was. I think it was lamer than this one. It was based off of the Omni. No, it was not this. Didn't someone he sell one this. of these recently on like an auction site? I Probably. I knew someone in high school that had this Shelby CLS, oh, yeah. CSX. It was like a little weird notchback thing. That and he were... installed a stereo for me in my car. Oh, really? Yeah. He was a very good like electrical wow. person. That was actually surprisingly fast for its time. It was fast, yeah. Yeah, 0 to 60 in 6.8 seconds. Um, terrible looking thing. All right. So uh, next up, let's go to favorite. We don't know what that is. The E90 Corolla. Ooh. Yeah. This is the right before it also got roundy. It's a slightly boxy. The 440 was an interesting car. What's it was it? like the least looking Volvo. It does not look like a Volvo. Yeah. And I actually forget what it is based off of, but it was not like. I don't think. Let's see. It was. Uh, I was going to say born in the Netherlands, but it's literally a factory in Born, the Netherlands. Hmm. Yeah. So obviously we did not get this thing, and it is pretty terrible looking. And okay. then the Yugo, Florida. <laughs> Yugo, <laughs> Florida. Because <laughs> if you name it after the worst place in the United States. This looks like that other Volvo. Yeah, it does look like the. Yeah, it does look like it. Um, it is terrible looking. Yeah. We also did not get this. It really does look like a Volvo, though. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was actually a pretty... That's a good we year. We spent some extra time... We spent some extra time, yeah. Going but... through this one. Uh, yeah. Because this was... 87 was an 
interesting <laughs> and also a terrible year. Yeah. I always think 87 because my my dumb mind is always fixated on just one thing ever. Mm-hmm. 87 for me is always like it's it's the G50 year. Oh yeah. I always think G50. It can only be one thing. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to pick for you. I'm ready. All right, fine. All right. Thinking mm, oh no. Mm. Oh yes. Mm. Chevrolet Corsica. Mm. Mercur, no. Wow. Uh, Peugeot 406. Keeping it real <laughs> thematic. <laughs> and the Mazda Etude. Itch- <laughs> well, so long as we're keeping it classy. Uh, wow. Wow. Um, okay. Oh, hmm. Boy. Can we assign... Uh, them all to one <laughs> if I wanted to yes uh, you could you could no I won't do that you could. we'll make this fair okay um the Corsica is uh, well the the Peugeot 405 is the most exotic of this bunch and it literally just looks like a and, generic and car and car from the 80s uh, but it's the most exotic, so I'm gonna, you know, fuke that one. I would do the same. Yeah, and I'm going to kill the Mazda because it's already dead, according to the Wikipedia page, <laughs> as it's already on blocks. And I guess that means I'm marrying like America's sweetheart rental car, the Chevrolet Chevrolet Corsica. Wow. Yeah. You went there. Ugh. Uh, boy, that was a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go with the Oldsmobile Touring Sedan, since I know you are down this mental path right now. Yeah, that's uh, right. I'm, an, I'm going to give you also the Volvo 44460 and the Bose Eurostar. And we don't know, really still understand. We don't understand what the hell that is. Um, it's a golf cart, I think. I'm going to say Fuke the Bolse. Mm. I it guess. is exotic. I'm gonna, no, I'm going to Fuke the Oldsmobile and marry the the Volvo and kill the Bolse. Wow. Yeah. All right. Shocking results, but you heard it here first. And there you have it. I'm surprised that you... No, actually, it makes sense to fuke the touring scenario because I think this is a special one somehow. Yeah. Look, it's to compete with European import offerings. Can How'd you imagine? Go? Yeah. Uh, so this was the... Oh, it was a 90th anniversary Oldsmobile. Wow. That's why it is what it is. And it look it even has think, it has SC nine eleven SC fog lamps. And to think they only had ten years left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, indeed. Like they didn't make it to a hundred years, did they? Or like when was it discontinued? Was it was it after? Was it like oh one? Oldsmobile uh, ended. No, it was much later than oh one. Because I remember the was it oh four? It was oh four? Because I remember okay. the Aurora went to at least until then. Yeah, I forgot that the Aurora had a second gen. I think a lot of people it had, do. Yeah, it was terrible. The th- second gen was such a like travesty mm-hmm. as far as like the Aurora heritage. So meaning like 
two one, generations. Yeah. One generation before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that first one was so spaceship cool. Mm-hmm. Anyways. All right. Yes. Well. Successful FMK. Good idea. Well, I think that also is a pod. Wow. So thanks for listening. Do follow us on Instagram at, at new for 96. Uh, email us if you must. Uh, new for 96 spelled out. Gmail. Gmail. Dot com. Yeah. And there's also a Twitter. But anyways. Yeah. All right. Remember thanks. to not rate, not subscribe, and also don't listen. Yes. Wait. All right. I'll stick with that. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.